0: I wanted to wait for the words good evening when I knew it was going to be good <laughs> and everything's working right. Uh, I've been to places where it wasn't such a good evening. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it is our pleasure to be with you guys tonight. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, I'm Joshua Bells, my wife, Ashley, and I want to have my kids uh, stand up real quick. You have grown so much people may not recognize you. That's Evan and Audrey and Daphne's in the nursery. You can sit. <laughs> Thanks. And we are your missionaries to the field of London, England. And, you know, Kayla, I was talking to your, uh, your mother uh, before church. And when we came here, you were three years old. That makes me feel old. <laughs> um, and I just can't believe it. You know, Ashley was, I was 26 years old. It was 2005, just after Katrina. And uh, Evan was not yet born and uh, just, it's just amazing um, uh, to have had the relationship with you guys this, this long, for 10 years. And we are so thankful to be able to call you our home church, and our sending church, and our supporting church. And 10 years ago, you guys started to care for us and take care of us, and you've never stopped. And I, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. You've loved on us, you've prayed for us, you've stayed connected with us. And tonight, I'm going to ask for more prayer. And more connectivity and all those things. And what we want to do tonight um, is give you the presentation that we give all the churches that we give uh, that we uh, go to on deputation. And just as a reminder, deputation does not mean uh, I have uh, the responsibilities of, of Barney Fife. I'm not a deputy. I'm just uh, you know char- or uh, uh, well, actually, I am a deputy. I'm deputized to raise funds and uh, to go to the field of England. But our our goal, our job right now, our goal is England, our goal is London, but our job right now is to go around to churches and to inspire them, encourage them, engage them into being more involved with world missions. And that's what we want to do tonight. Um, we are currently in the process of transitioning all of our Um, promotional materials from Bells to London to Bridging London. And you'll see that theme in in my presentation in just a moment. We have a brand new website called bridginglondon.org. I'd love for you to go and visit there. Um, Every month I'm going to be uploading our prayer letters. I'm going to have a new video made soon that'll be there that you can download. You can download our prayer letters. You can download, uh, we have a family photo on there if you want to Print that off and put it on your refrigerator and uh, blow it up really big to remember us. Uh, So we just have a lot of uh, ways for you to be able to connect to us. If you're not my friend on social media, uh, please do so because that's the best way to keep up with us. And if you go to our website, bridginglondon.org, bottom of the page, there are links to our uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that, and you can connect with us that way, and we hope that you would do that. Um, This is... uh, not my family, just a picture of them. Uh, but that's all of us together. How many of you, that rarely happens. You get all your family in one spot to uh, take a picture. Normally, I would, I would walk through all of us, but you all know us. So I'm going to move on through. Um, you can thank Bobby for this one. Bobby, I get so much play off of this logo. Um, the way that everybody remembers us is the bald-bearded tide bells, bound for London. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you'd think they'd much rather remember Ashley, but you got to work with what you have. And and uh, Bobby, I, I always you're always mentioned in every presentation. I hope you know that. You know, so I always give a shout out to Bobby. Um, before I get into uh, the presentation, I want to give Ashley just a second to mention some prayer requests and to talk about. What she's going to be doing uh, inland her ministry, and that way she can sit down.
1: <laughs> okay, as Josh said, we're currently on deputation, and um, our ministry, of course, uh, he kind of already mentioned, but I want to tell you more specifically of my ministry. Um, of course, it's to be the supportive wife and mom, uh, but we also homeschool the two oldest so that we can all travel together and be together, um, which has been a blessing. You know, there's there's days we'd like to be home, but we really have truly enjoyed being a part and I'm thankful that there is the option of homeschooling because you know we don't get to miss out on everything and we're enjoying getting to be a part uh, meeting the churches I mean I I feel this is the best the way best way to do it because we're getting to build those relationships with other churches and other pastors Um, and now we have friends from you know all over the states and hopefully eventually all over the world and it's just such a great support system and so we've truly enjoyed just the process and the way they do everything Also, uh, my goal when we go to London is I would love to be able to work with the children there. Um, Most of you know me, I enjoy working with the children, even when I've been here. Um, That's just my joy and my passion, and I think God has just given me uh, the love for children and the ability to work with them. And so it's something that I want to carry over into the field as well. Um, A lot of children that come to the churches there... Most of the time they're there uh, for free babysitting. Um, There's probably many other reasons they're dropped off. But we're finding more and more that there's a lot of children and then there's a lot of the older generation. But there's not many in between. Um, Like I say, a lot of them, the the parents will bring the children or someone will bring them there. But once they get old enough to make their own choices, a lot of times they don't come back. So we want to try to to bridge that gap and to reach those kids for Christ so that they will continue to come back. And we've got to um, increase that number you know, in the the middle area, with the middle ages where we're lacking. Um, So that's one thing that I really want to kind of pour my time and my life into is not only uh, my family, but also uh, the children there that we can bring in in the church. So,
0: Thanks, Ashley. All right, before I get started, who wants to win some money? That doesn't sound very enthusiastic. Who wants to win some money? All right, all right. Well, I have a couple of coins in my hand uh, from England, and they're both um, 10 pence, which is kind of like our dime, except this is worth more than our dime because the exchange rate is about $1.60, $1.70. Uh, it costs $1.70 to buy one pound, so it's extremely lopsided, um, not in our favor. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and raise your hand, and I'll pick you because, listen, I, I have had some brouhaha's <laughs> over this in churches, so we'll do this the Christian way, okay? So... <clears throat> And if, and if you've heard me, family, family, if you've heard me ask this question before, uh, let, let others uh, win. <laughs> but in London, there's all kind of, of uh, buildings and, and, and uh, historical monuments. Uh, Evan, you can come on. Come on. And there's one um, building called um, the, um, uh, the Parliament Building. And then Big Ben stands right at the corner of, uh, of the Parliament Building. But what is Big Ben? Anybody know? you got to raise your hand or you're disqualified. It's not a clock. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is right. Here you go, Evan. Take it all the way back. Big Ben is not the clock. It's not the tower. It's the largest bell inside the clock tower. And you know where I'm going with this, right? Big bell, and I'm a big bell. So whenever you see that, that big clock tower, remember this big bell that's going to London to... And I got to say it to ring out the gospel, okay? Uh, it's just too easy. It's just a softball. You got to say it. So uh, I got one more question, Evan, if you'll come back. Who can tell me the names of the newest members of the royal family, the, uh, the son and the daughter of William and Kate? You may your crickets. <laughs> That's a t- I thought the first one was a tough one. You know it? Yes, it is. Yeah, the girl. I, hey, he's the only one who raised his hand. So, <laughs> come here, Evan. Yeah, um, that's one of her names. I think her first name is Charlotte, and the little boy's name is George. Good job. Okay, if if you got a coin, I want you to to hold on to it. Don't cash it in for that dollar seventy, okay, or that you know the high exchange rate. Just keep on to that. Pray for us as you see as you as you come across it. Um. A few years ago, when we started telling people that we were going to be missionaries, the first question people a lot of people asked us was, well, where in Africa are you going? Or where in South America are you going? Or, or, or Central America? And I would say, well, uh, no, we're going to London. And they, I get the strangest looks on, on their faces. You know, London, don't they have the gospel? <laughs> don't they have churches there? Well, yeah, they do have churches there. And they have have uh, exposure to the gospel. Um, but sadly, they're a post-Christian nation. And no matter what you hear in the news, no matter what the politicians say, um, they are not a Christian nation. They are in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bobby, I thought it was very fortuitous that you showed that video today of the elderly man being berated by all the Muslim men there at Hyde Park. And um, I've been in that exact spot where that took place. There's a spot where people show up and preach and debate uh, near the arch at, um, at Hyde Park. And England is no longer a Christian nation. And specifically London, being its capital, is the focal point that, that we must reach in order to reach England and, and, and the rest of the world. We're going to London because of, of guys like this. This is my really good friend, Adam Brennan. And we spent the 4th of July this summer together in London. And Adam grew up in a very, very difficult uh, home life. I'm um, really not at liberty to, to kind of say it publicly, um, uh, certainly because there's children here tonight. But it's just, needless to say, very, very difficult childhood. And in that, and, and, and through that, God saved him. And Adam began to grow in his love for the Lord, but he didn't have anybody really to pour into him the Word of God and to train and teach him in, in, in the Bible. And, and at one point he began to consider going and becoming a priest in the, in the uh, Church of England, the C of E. And before he did that, he happened to come across some missionaries, some independent Baptist missionaries who were talking to people about Jesus, and he began to talk to them, and he told him his upbringing, and he told him what he, they were, he was about to do. And they said, well, before you do that, would you be our guest and come to church with us and see if this is what you're looking for? And he did, and it was. And now Adam is part of missionary Brian Clark's uh, work there, and he is an outstanding evangelist. He's great with, with sound and, and video. And he's there every day or every Sunday they go to, he goes and does event, street evangelism every Saturday morning, basically, and, and, and is reaching people for christ and he, he's a really smart guy, in fact, I would not really want to get into a debate with him because I think I would probably lose. He's just that kind of he has that kind of spirit, and I could tell you why London all day, but I, I think it's more appropriate if we actually heard from somebody. Who has lived there and and been raised there and has a much better perspective than you and I ever would, and so I asked Adam this summer a, a series of questions and I was able to uh, to capture him uh, on video. The first question I asked him as, as in, or in a way to set things up is, Adam, what is the spiritual state of London? And here's his answer:
2: London is in a very desperate state spiritually. We are one of the hot points now in Europe for multiculturalism and mass immigration. And that's led to many different religions and belief systems coming into the city. And that's then led to religious pluralism, which is the idea that all religions are equally true and should be therefore (coughs) equally respected. But with that said, London is predominantly secular. Most people adopt a very aggressive atheistic worldview, and they're very suspicious of religion and Christianity. And this has had the biggest impact on the youth culture. Um, It's very common to see teenagers as young as 13 or 14 getting involved in sex, drugs, alcohol. It's considered to be quite normal. And so it's really led to the breakdown of the Christian culture and society uh, at large. And um, it's my honest opinion that London today is beginning to parallel ancient Rome.
0: And the next question I asked Adam was, what impact have American missionaries had on you personally? That's a good question, I think, because uh, if we're going to, uh, to send missionaries and, and to have th- this kind of contact, then it's so important to say, do we need more or are they okay? And I think he does a great job answering that. Here's what he says.
2: I've had the privilege to work with a number of American missionaries and church planters, and they've had a tremendous impact on my Christian life. Uh, When I first got started, um, first got saved and began in my Christian walk, I was very zealous, but I didn't have very much knowledge. And uh, coming to a church where um, there were American uh, church planters who knew the word of God and were um, willing to take me through discipleship, I really grew a lot, I really grew tremendously. And this included things like uh, preaching my first sermon, knowing how to unpack and understand the Word of God and apply it to my life and be able to evangelize more effectively as well. And so I would say that um, it's been a tremendous blessing to get involved with church planters and missionaries, um, and uh, I'm very grateful to God uh, for them in my life.
0: Next, I asked him, would you encourage more missionaries, more church planters to come to London? And here's his answer.
2: I would say it's very important for American missionaries and church planters to come to London. Um, I've been living here now for 26 years, and I can say that one of the most, the biggest problems, is that the church has been very influenced by the culture, and this has led to the acceptance of evolutionary theory, uh, fornication, uh, homosexuality in the church, all of these things, and so there's great compromise um, within the church overall, and so. There's a great need for godly men and women uh, from the States to come to London who are committed to teaching the Bible um, as the literal, uh, infallible Word of God and restore confidence um, in the Bible. Um, I would say that that's very important and very essential if things are going to change um, with the course of the culture in the UK.
0: So the question still remains is why London? And of course... Being a missionary going there, I'm very passionate about that. Of course, I believe every single church ought to be a, a part of sending missionaries to reach this great city and to reach the people that live within its borders. Um, and I, I'm thankful for you guys that you have faithfully supported us. I'm thankful for the 20-plus the churches that are supporting us right now. Uh, Along with the the individual uh, families and people who are supporting us, and we need many, many more uh, supporters in order to get to the field and to reach these people for Jesus Christ. But I don't just want you to take my opinion or a- Adam's statement, but I want you to consider also these three important reasons why every church ought to be in a part of the of taking the gospel to the city of London. Number one, the world is to be reached. Number two. The world will be represented in heaven, and number three, the world resides in London. And when I say the world, I don't mean the physical world. I mean the world of humanity. And if you'll take, if you have your Bibles tonight, take them and turn it to Revelation 5, verse 8 through 10. And I'm going to read it and then we're going to come back to it uh, uh, later. But I want this to set the scene for us. Revelation 5, 8 through 10. Verse 8, And when he had taken the book, and the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden veils full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign On the earth. Let's pray. Dear God, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word this evening. Lord, challenge our hearts for the need of the gospel around the world. Lord, help us to do more, to pray more, and to go more. And we pray, giving you all the thanks and all the glory for all that will be done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, the world is supposed to be reached, the world is to be reached. Everybody who's been a Christian for very long knows the Great Commission. And I think, of, I think of it as the Great Command so often that I almost always say Great Command. And then I pull back in my brain and say, no, it's, we call it the Commission. But we know from Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And there's more to that. But that is basically the commission. We are to go. And as we go, we are to take the gospel to every single nation and therefore the entire world because why? The world is to be reached. It's been said, and this is one of my favorite missionary statements. Missions exist because worship does not. And maybe you don't know what that means. Maybe you've never read that before or thought about that. But what that means is, If every creature, if every person on the face of the planet worshipped God, knew God, was saved, then would we need to put any money toward missionary work? No. But because that does not exist, missions has to. Evangelism has to. And it's not for just other people. It's for all of us. We are all partakers in this. The Great Commission is not just a suggestion for some people to follow. It is a commandment that we are all to follow. We are all commanded. And if you are not partaking in the Great Commission, you might as well tell everybody to just go to hell because you are not obeying one of the primary commands of Jesus Christ, which is to go and make disciples. The world is to be reached. You know, we heard from a great uh, evangelist, uh, um, I'm gonna say it was a couple of months ago. I, I totally lose track of time when I'm on the road. But what was his name, Bobby? The guy that came and spoke, um, Mark Cahill. One of the things he, one of the books that he he writes is you know is, you know one thing that doesn't um, exist in heaven. We know that evangelism does not exist in heaven. Why? Because we're all saved, and there is no hope to span the gap between hell and heaven. And so when we arrive at the pearly gates, when we arrive in heaven, the work is done. And so we only have this life to do what we must do for the kingdom of God. We only have this life to tell people about Jesus Christ. And you know how fleeting life and and time on this earth is. It's gone in a moment. I mean, the last 10 years has just flown by. And what have we done, what have I done in those last 10 years to grow the kingdom to tell people about Jesus Christ? Because I'm commanded to do by the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we, are, we share the gospel of Jesus with our neighbors or our coworkers or we move to a foreign country, we must take the gospel to the nations. And yes, America is a nation and there is a big work here to do. But we are also to be be. Uh, responsible for taking the the gospel to the world don't you ever believe the lie well America needs Jesus too so I'm just going to put all my resources here that is is not what God has called you to do he's called you to take the gospel to the world and one of the ways that you do that is taking it here but also supporting it so people can take it where you cannot go that is the job and the responsibility of every single believer I've said this before. The will of God for your life is to take the gospel to the nations. And where we trip over, where we get confused is how God wants us to do that. We all say, what is is the will of God for my life? I wish God would just tell me his will. His will is for you to take the gospel to the nations. And that's not just a missionary telling you that. That is the word of God telling you that. Now, some of us are Sunday school teachers and some of us start Bible studies in our workplace, and some of us reach out to our neighbors, and some of us go to foreign lands and start churches and preach the gospel and and change a city for Christ. It doesn't matter whether you're a foreign missionary or you're here doing the work of God. It's all important. It's all important. How many of you have to have a, a key code or key card to get into your workplace? Anybody? Do you know that you go to work every day in a closed country, in a matter of speaking? I can't get into your workplace. Only you can. And if you're the only Christian, what an opportunity you have. So you see how our minds must be set, how our minds must be focused on? It's not just the day-to-day mundane, but we're to be focused on what the will of God is for our life, and that is what? To take the gospel to the nations. Just as we are going to a very multicultural city, God has seen fit to bring millions and millions of people from around the world to this country and to this state. We have an opportunity unlike we've ever had before to reach the gospel, to take the gospel to the nations, even from our front door. The world is to be reached. There is is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The world is to be reached. It doesn't mean the world will all accept Christ, but we must work until every person has heard the name of Jesus Christ. Not only is the world to be reached, but the world will, will be represented in heaven. Again, not everybody will be saved, but there will be a representative from everywhere in the world in heaven. Go back to our our text, Revelation 5 and verse 9. <clears throat> I love this passage. And they're talking about this great, they're, they're talking about this great scene. They're singing about this great scene, saying. Thou art worthy, Jesus, to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain, Christ, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred and every tongue and every people and every nation. By the hand of God, through the work of the Spirit, through the blood of Jesus Christ, and by the work of believers, people from every kindred, tongue, and people and nation will be represented in heaven. Is that not amazing? If you don't know, it is. It is amazing. It is awe-inspiring. You know, I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know how what you feel about what you do. But maybe sometimes do we do things that we feel like are just in vain? You know, have you ever, like, got your, tried to work on your kids cleaning their room? And it's just a never-ending battle. And you just feel like all the words that I say are completely in vain. You know? Or... You work on your husband for 25 years to get him to pick his socks up and it just never happens. And you just feel like, my work is just in vain. Well, there may be a lot of things in this world that we do that are absolutely in vain. But whatever you do to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ will never be in vain. It will never return void. You may not see the fruit of it, but there, it will not go in vain. Even if somebody doesn't respond to the gospel, you are being obedient to God Almighty by, be, by preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, it's never in vain to do the work of God. We may plant the gospel seed in people not knowing the individual result. But you can be assured that our work is not in vain. Maybe you give a dollar a month to missions. Maybe you give, and I know this not to be true, a million dollars a month to missions because, you know, we know the budget. That would be great. But it doesn't matter how much you give as long as you're faithful to your promise and as long as you do give. Folks, when you give, when you give, when you, by faith, promise to give to missions, your dollars go out to missionaries. 100% of that dollar goes to the missionary. And then that missionary is able to do the work that you cannot do in that place and reach people for Jesus Christ. And you know what happens? That little, that little dollar changes people's eternal destination. Despite what popular, some popular Christianity, or maybe not so popular, would say that hell is not really real, that we, we don't really go to hell, that, that everybody goes to heaven, that's just not true. Hell is a never-ending, eternal torment forever and ever and ever and ever. Bobby, when you're talking about this morning, after you know, 10,000 years of worshiping God, it, we will have just begun. The, the other side is true. After 10,000 years of torment, the torment has just begun in the pits of hell. And if that doesn't break your heart... That people, your family, your friends are going to die and go there. And the people in the world are going to die and go there. I don't care if they're Muslim or Hindu or agnostic or whatever. Our hearts ought to break knowing that people will die and spend eternity in hell. And that is their just reward for rejecting Christ. But it still ought to break us, our hearts. And it ought to challenge us to go and to preach to every nation around the world so that no one... Will die without hearing the name of Jesus Christ. Your missions dollars really make a huge difference for eternity. And that work is not in vain. And your work, telling people about Jesus and supporting missions, will put people in that crowd that they're singing about in heaven that you have redeemed by your blood, Jesus. People from all over the world. And when you give to missions, and when you tell people about Jesus, you are partaking in the greatest work that has ever been introduced to mankind. Not only will the world be reached, not only will the world be represented in heaven, but here is the point, the the end point here. The world resides in London. One of my favorite verses is Amos 3.8, and it says... The lion hath roared; who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken; who can but prophesy? Uh, If we're in the jungle, or we're out in the plains of Africa, and we hear a lion roar, I don't care how tough you are or how macho you are, uh, you're going to be afraid. And if he comes charging at us, you better be able to outrun me. And that's why I don't go with people to the you know African plains because I don't run very fast. And you would probably smoke me. You know, you'd be gone and I'd be left fending for myself. But this great passage is in this section of Amos where there's all these cause and effects. You know, um, this is not scripture, but, it, but it'd be like if you touch your hand to the hot stove, you will burn it. You know, if you jump off a high building, you will break your legs. Okay, it's, it's a cause and effect. And he says if a lion roars, you're gonna fear. The Lord God has spoken who can but prophesy. What that means is not you're not being a prophet, you're proclaiming, you're preaching. This is a call to arms, a call to arms to say, go and proclaim the word of God. And because the world resides in London, that's why we're going to go and proclaim the word of God to this great city. Now, when you look at the statistics of London, you may see different variations of this number. But if you look at the the All of London that's inside the M25 that that goes around the entire area of London, there are roughly about 13 million people in this city. You know how many people are in Arkansas? Three? Three to four? Let's say it is four. (laughs) Just think about how many people are in this city. There are hundreds of languages. And out of all the unreached people groups, I think the last time I looked, it's roughly around 2,500 unreached people groups in the world, somewhere in there, 23, 24, 25. Out of all the unreached people groups in the world, the top 100 unreached people groups have a representative in London. I guarantee you some of those guys that are harassing that English gentleman this morning uh, are, are from maybe some of those groups. There's a huge number of people from around the world, who don't know Jesus, who live in London. In southeast London, where we're going to live and work and plant churches, there are roughly uh, one-fourth of that 13 million in that section. So, around 4 million, okay? Out of the 4 million people there, less than half of a percent claim to go to church of any kind. Now, we know that just because you go to church has nothing to do with your spirituality, right? Think of that number. It's staggering. It's staggering. There's just an immense work to be done there. If we reach London, we truly can reach the world. By the love and wounds and death of Christ, by your own salvation, By your indebtedness to Jesus, by the terrible condition of the heathen, and by that awful hell whose yawning mouth is before them, ought you not to say, here am I, send me. That was spoken by the preacher Charles Spurgeon, who um, was a phenomenal preacher in London. and I don't think he would recognize the city if he were alive today. The spiritual state of London is truly, truly in great need. Well, how are we going to reach London? Well, The way in which we'll reach London uh, is this. First of all, let me, re- let me say, that London is, is a beautiful city. It's made up of great people and history and beauty. And one of its most amazing features is the River Thames. And it is T-H-A-M-E-S, Thames. I'm still getting used to that. But it's this beautiful river. Everywhere in the city, it, you know, focuses in on the river. And over 30 bridges... Um, uh, are across this great river. And these bridges range from the, the magnificent to the mundane. But no matter what their status, they all do the same thing. They connect South London to North London. And that is their job. And sadly, London's, London's oldest and greatest bridge is falling apart. And the bridge I'm speaking about is the spiritual bridge that used to connect the individuals in London, to Jesus Christ. And it has fallen on disrepair. It is falling apart. It is very rarely even in use today. You know, there are some good churches in London, and I have met some good pastors. But out of the 13 million people that live in greater London, and only about 400,000 people even attend church, what does that mean? What it means is there, there is a vast number of people in this city who do not know Christ. It also means that there aren't even close to enough churches, good churches, Bible-believing churches, that are there. London is in need of churches that plant churches, and that is exactly what we're going to do when we go to London. And we are going to bridge London to Jesus Christ, not on our own, but with the help of Jesus Christ. As I told you, The the, the number of people who need Jesus in Southeast London is staggering. And the way we're going to reach them is the same way you reach people here. You evangelize the lost. You get out door to door. You get out in the streets. You go to people's homes. You meet with them for coffee. And you talk to them and you teach them about Jesus Christ. And when they come to Christ, and they will because the gospel is powerful and the gospel is still as good as it's ever been, then we disciple them. We don't leave them to fend for themselves, but we disciple them, and we train them, and we teach them, and there's no better way to do that except in the framework of the local church, because the church is the vehicle by which we will reach the city of London, by which you reach any city. That's why we stay behind after we get saved, and God doesn't take us on up to heaven, because there's work still to be done, and of course, none of this work can be done except by the financial support of churches and I'm so thankful to have you guys as my sending church. But when missionaries come, they come with a passion and a zeal for whatever part of the world that God has called them to and they need your support and their help, but they're not asking for support for themselves. I'm not I don't go out and ask for support for myself. I'm really asking for the 13 million people that need to know Jesus Christ. God will take care of me in that, but I'm going to have enough resources to go and to reach the people of of London who need Jesus desperately. And no matter how much we love London, no matter how much we're passionate about the city, Christ died for her, and there's people who live there that don't even know the name Christ. They've never heard the name Jesus. In a first-world, world-leading city, that sent out dozens and dozens of awesome missionaries. There are people there by the millions who do not know Jesus Christ. And that is unacceptable to me and to our family. Spurgeon also said, I love this phrase, as we should have no horticulture if men had no gardens. So we shall have no missionary work done unless each person has a mission. And our mission is London, plain and simple. I'd ask you what your mission is. Do you have something that you would die for? Do you have something that you would give it all up for? And if you don't, I pray God would give that to you in your heart. Because I'm talking about statistics of one city. One city. There are places in the world where entire countries are completely ignorant of the love of Jesus Christ. And you know, it does not matter at all where you go. go, As long as you're obedient to what God has called you to do. Everywhere in the world, there is some kind of need. Everybody has need. Everybody has need. But what many people don't know is that need is for Jesus Christ. And if we don't go tell, if we don't go share, then... We'll never reach them. I want you to, to see this next slide. We're not going to do it alone. We're not going to go to London by ourselves and just kind of, you know, wing it. We have this wonderful family, Tarl and Adrian Reeves and their son uh, in the striped shirt, um, Beckham and then Lucy and Griffin, and they've already been there for one term. They're back on furlough right now. And we're, what we want to do is we want to plant churches that plant churches to reach the city. We want to formulate a foundation of churches that we're going to be calling infusion because we want to infuse the city of London with Jesus Christ. And I, I promise you guys, God is getting ready to do an enormous work in this city. You're going to see more and more people going to Europe and going to London as missionaries. And I pray that you would continue to be passionate, passionate about those places. And continue to support and try to reach people. Before I mention some prayer requests for us, uh, I like to I always like to open it up just for a few minutes for a few questions before we close it out. So be thinking for just a moment of any questions you might have. And if nobody has a question, we'll move quickly, uh, quickly on. But a couple of things you can pray for us. Again, as Ashley said, pray that, um, uh, for her as she endeavors to teach our children so that we can stay together and be together as a family. Now, let me tell you, driving around in the car, last, last two months we've done almost 6,000 miles with uh, a baby and, and uh, some great uh, kids. And it's still tough. It's still tough. And teaching school in hotel rooms and at people's houses, that gets challenging. But we love what we do, and we wouldn't trade you for anything. We continue to pray for that. We drive a lot of miles, and it's very dangerous on the road. It's very dangerous, and there can be all kinds of problems. So pray for our, our tires and our engine and, and our car and, and, and my eyes and my reflexes. And we really need that prayer. Pray specifically that our 2016 calendar fills up because we're hoping to be on the field in 2017. And as I've told some of you and as I tell a lot of people, God's already raised every dime that we need. I've just got to find it. I'm just looking for it, Okay. We're living in a time right now where it's, it's more difficult for missionaries to get to the field, but God is still calling, and it's our responsibility to keep sending. And we're going to get there with your help and your prayers. And it may be a little bit longer than we initially planned, but we, are, we, we enjoy what we're doing now, and we look forward to going to London and doing our ministry there. If you're not getting um, my prayer letter and you want it, uh, There's cards back on the table that have my email. Send me your email, and I'll put you on the list because I want you to stay informed. I want you, more than any church out there that supports us, to know exactly what's going on. And we want to connect with you because we desperately, desperately need you. Um, you guys are a great sending church. I know a lot of guys out there who really have struggles and really have issues, but I don't have that. Um, and I appreciate you guys, and I love you guys. And it gives me, like I said at the beginning, it gives me such a thrill to be able to say that my sending church is First Baptist of Bologna. And we are, we are supported by a lot of churches, but only one church can, I can say that we are your missionaries to London, England. And um, I, I appreciate your time tonight. Is, is there any...